the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right. Let us get into where what remains for today's topicality, 866-660-5759. Continuing a couple of narratives, but a couple of new ones, some of them local. Was it weird that school was closed yesterday? Um, I get it. I, I, you know, I, I understand some districts wanted to be overly, it was still really, really cold. You don't want the you know, little kids going to school when it's really, really cold. And where there's some slick spots on the road, uh, I guess a couple. And and then one of the, one of the school districts said, yeah, we wanted to make sure uh, that, that, that we didn't have any, you know, pipes burst in the building. Okay. I, but uh, so many parents had to just reshuffle their entire lives because, hey, guess what? We're home from school. Uh, so uh, got a little, I, I think um, it was Amelia Jones on on Fox 4 that had a uh, a story about that. In the midst of the continuing Trump VP derby on the Patriot mobile text line and on our phone lines at 866-660-5759, I, I've, I found my, the, the, the news, uh, air quotes, show news that we made this morning as Mike Gallagher told us in this morning's segment that uh, he had talked to Dr. Gorka Gorka on a buddy texting buddies uh, basis with Trump has been for years, obviously. And Seb said that Trump has shared with him who his flat out VP pick is. And Seb shared it with Mike saying, don't tell anybody. So Mike's not telling me, <laughs> which uh, which means he knows how to keep a secret, which is good. That's a good attribute. So, uh, and, and that's a burden I may not even really want to carry <laughs> because the, my, I live to tell you guys. I mean, I by the way, I'm really good at keeping secrets, too. There have been things that I've had to share with you uh, that were not for attribution. But here's what's weird. I've had to, I've been able to share things. It's like, hey, here's something that's happening. I can't tell you who told me this. That's fine. That's discretion. That is respecting anonymity from a source. I'm t- totally on board with that. But having some huge thing that somebody tells me where the, the news is the thing, and I can't tell you, that would drive me insane. So I, I truly don't know. And that leaves me to, uh, and I'm going to, eh, being Trump, since, since it's him, I'm going to share, I, 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 I don't necessarily think that he's like trolling us where he's saying like, you know, I'm telling you who it is, but I have no idea who it is. I don't think that's the case. Might he have somebody pretty firmly in mind here in January. And by the time we get to the Republican convention in July, that's a lot of time to change your mind, which he might do. 
So the name he gave Seb, and the name Seb gave Mike, and the name Mike refuses to give to me. <laughs> uh, that may not 100% concretely necessarily be the person. So rather than wallow in that, I found myself thinking about folks. And uh, there are a lot of folks who, who would work well. A, a new-ish face, and do you do you need your VP to be somebody who's been around the block a couple of times in politics? Probably, but not necessarily. I mean, Trump himself, the large part of his appeal was that he had not been a politician. Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio, does he give you Ohio? Does he bring, uh, you know, Trump-like values without being a big, seething ego of his own? Yeah, that might be kind of cool. For I, I'm in such a tug of war in my own head on a couple of things. I, it's like, oh, but JD, I can hear a voice in my head. Yeah, but Mark, JD Vance is a white man. So, I want so much to say so, because I think you should say so. But it's the same exact thing I would say if it were a black woman, you know, or or. Or anything, anything, or woman of color, man of color, anybody of color, any color, pigment and plumbing, I don't care. Which is why a couple of names I'm about to share with you that have come from the Patriot Mobile text line, some of these folks are not white. Some of these names I'm about to give you are not men. Look out. And I don't care. I do, however, recognize the possible marketplace value. And I, maybe this is overstated because a lot of people say, well, if Trump picks a black guy, that'll help with the black vote. Will it? Will it? Because I'll give you I'll give you a couple of black, a couple of black guys. <laughs> Here's a couple of black guys. <laughs> uh, th- th- these are gentlemen of substance. Great substance. Here's a guy that we were talking about until not so long ago because it just was never going to work for him for president of the United States. But for running mate. Tim Scott? What have I said many, many times already? Pick somebody that brings something that maybe you don't you don't have. And in this case, it would be humility. <laughs> I kind of mean that personality-wise. Uh, Trump and Scott have the same issues list there. I think there's great harmony that's possible there. But Tim Scott is a is a humble sort of it's kind of funny. Trump has evangelical appeal. And if you're confused by that, just please pay attention. Why do evangelicals love Trump? Because Trump is an M1 Abrams tank, a warrior blasting through the political correctness and, 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 and anti-religious tyranny that threatens the beliefs of all of us who have faith. That's why. But Tim Scott is fluent in that language and has lived that kind of life. I think Tim Scott is an awesome potential running mate for Trump. And the, the reason it didn't work presidentially is because he's not kind of a brawler and a fighter. Well, neither was Pence, and and I and he was and he was a very smart selection for Trump. They complement each other very very nicely. Now here's the thing: Trump is what is he seventy seven now? Uh, and again, he'll outlive all of us. Trump will be one hundred and ten. Uh, but if you know if Trump does go down, you know the, the pretty important thing when your president is in his seventies or eighty. Um, who the vice president is really does because there's a greater likelihood of the vice president actually getting the gig rather than just being somebody who, um, what did John McCain say? 
the main tasks of the vice president to attend foreign uh, to attend the dignitaries uh, the, the funerals of foreign dignitaries and to inquire daily as to the health of the president that's that's pretty well the job oh speaking of which somebody said that um because i've said how does biden run with kamala because he's almost as un- she's almost as unpopular as he is and somebody said yesterday, well, uh, how about Michelle Obama for VP? <laughs> she ain't interested in VP. For her, it's uh, it's the nomination or nothing. Um, so t- I think Tim Scott would be great. Here's another uh, non-white selection. And this will this will ju- just make you go, ah, because who doesn't love this guy? Dr. Ben Carson. While we're on a roll, on the on the, how about the black guy trifecta? Here's one a ton of you are interested in, Larry Elder. Now here's the deal. Love Larry, that'd be great. Here here here's another actuarial related observation, another age related observation. Not to be ageist, going to be racist, sexist, or ageist, but for Trump's running mate, you probably need somebody who you'd like to think is going to be alive for another couple of decades. And uh, listen, I want everybody to be a hundred. Uh, Larry is 71, Dr. Ben Carson, 72. So, mm, mm, Tim Scott, he's a baby. He's 58. So, um, women, I've, I mentioned Elise Stefanik. Does she help give you New York? Uh, I, <laughs> New York's a, such a solid blue. States are going to do what they're going to do. Voting populations are going to do what they're going to do based on politics, based on ideology, rather than, as I say, the pigment or the plumbing. That's why somebody said, oh, Tim Scott will give you a lot of the black vote. No, he won't. Not really. I mean, it's sort of the moderate or independent or not really ideologized. Some some folks who just kind of might go, wow, black vice president. You know, wouldn't that be great? Even though we've sort of had that already, sort of. Um. I just just don't overestimate that. Do not overestimate that. Because I, I and here this, by the way, is pretty good news. I don't think I don't think people look at the pigment of the plumbing. I don't think a lot of people care one bit what sex or race anybody is. Kamala Harris is terrible, not because she's black or a woman. Being black and being female are awesome. She's just terrible. Yeah, I, I, the, Condoleezza Rice, Winsome Sears, if she were uh, if she were constitutionally eligible, that'd be great. So that's just, I think this really is it. It actually is good news that I don't think that race and sex matter that much to anybody. Really, when they get into the the, the sanctity of of their own personal voting booth. So, but, but opt is this, so this all just optics? Is it all just political theater? Oh, it better be a woman. Better be a black guy. Better be somebody of color. Might be better. Should, shouldn't be a white man. God, that, that's racist, isn't it? J.D. Vance, I think, is a pretty darn awesome uh, possible choice there. Oh, no. Can't have them. White man. That's racist. Uh, Elise Stefanik, I, I think on the merits would be pretty cool. High up in house leadership. Almost single-handedly. Uh, Gave us uh, Claudine Gay on a platter, Harvard, deservedly so. Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas, fine family there. Uh, so that's 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 kind of cool. There's some there's some pretty cool options there. 
All right, let's wrap up with Vivek uh, out there on the stump for Trump in New Hampshire last night. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character. That was the point I'd made at the end of the last hour, is that for, the genius of Vivek is not just the normal platitudes, and these are good platitudes, of borders and taxes and you know all the, other, all the various policy things, but merit and excellence. When we have kissed merit and excellence goodbye... Uh, This is what, and pardon me for going here, part of what has has always just totally thrilled me about America's space effort. Sure, the, the raw wonder of footprints on the moon when I was a kid, but this was an era when America had a can do spirit. It was an incredible devotion to excellence, taking something that seemed impossible, not so very much earlier, and, and saying, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to do it. President Kennedy, there before Congress, saying, I believe this nation should commit itself before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. That That is, pardon me, that's some ballsy stuff, man. That's the way America used to be. Used to be. 866-660-5759. And your contributions and affirmative action and DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, we're in Dallas. Dean, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you, sir? Doing fine, Mark. Howdy. I don't want. I don't want to be a party pooper, but you know, my main concern is. All right, I still feel, I believe to this day that in twenty twenty, the Democrats the election and i'm thinking now they're plotting they have a recipe on how to win and i mean talk talk, talk me off the list oh no okay will, will they try of course they will it's what they do have we gotten better are our eyes wider open is this a very front of mind thing for the republican party structure in every single state yes have there been some things adjusted so that we're no longer in a COVID panic? Yes. That's why you look, look for the next uh, virus to arise, you know, maybe sometime in the summer. And I'm not kidding because COVID panic is, is what made the 2020 results so unreliable. So here's, here's what we can do. Do we know that there will be a Democrat propensity for cheating? Yes. C- can we pray and plug in and not, not just prayer, but prayer backed by action, getting with local Republican uh, outposts for, for eyeballs open in a variety of ways for fraud to be able to, to, to know that we are on them in ways that we were not, uh, that our eyes were not sufficiently opened wide enough in, in 2020. And then the most important thing, the, mo- the absolute most important thing is come out in such numbers that fraud doesn't matter. If it ain't close, they can't cheat. And so those things, those those are the things that we do have control over. And so we exercise that kind of control. We have a there, there's there's been some degree of dishonesty in every election in your life and mine. That's just it, it might have been a difference maker in 2020. So um, but if we if we show up and we're on our game, uh, we'll have a better election. Um. I hope you're right, and if anything, um, you have a blessed day. I will indeed, and thank you. Appreciate it a lot. The one thing we cannot have, can not have, is the sort of dispirited, the fix is in, what I do doesn't matter. Because then I guarantee you, then then Biden's corpse could actually win. So uh, don't do that. 923. 
729 on a Wednesday. Is it okay if I play the average white band? Is that okay? <laughs> Little cut the cake. Let's go from cut the cake to slice and dice the numbers, shall we? New Hampshire numbers. They were conducting polling in New Hampshire, up in the Granite State, uh, as the Trump-Iowa uh, landslide was happening. It's so funny. Of course it was a landslide. How many idiots have you seen on the TV box over the last couple of days going, oh, if you can only, if you're like the incumbent and just the friend, you can only like more, almost half of the people didn't want Shut up. If you take a look at, at the whole Iowa thing, the DeSantis voter is an easy switch to Trump. The Vivek voter is an obvious easy switch to Trump. It was a massive embrace of the Trump agenda, even if some voters sought it in other uh, in other packages. Those other packages are soon no longer to be available. Vivek already has come out. But but up in New Hampshire, here's the thing. This is why it's going to be really interesting. Numbers out of New Hampshire, Trump at 50, Haley at 34, DeSantis at 5. That's why everybody in DeSantis land knows their last gasp will be South Carolina. And I do probably mean last gasp. So that's why we're picking Trump running mates and doing a bunch of other things as well. 866-660-5759 to be a part of it right now, 931. Nikki's in the newsroom. Steve Earle, who is 69 today, and with him, the great Sean Colvin. Their album is called Colvin and Earl. That's uh, imaginative. Earl with an E, and come what may. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. So get ready. Get ready to smile for the exit tune. Because the the one big-time musical birthday that I've uh, kept uh, close to the vest, it will all be revealed in the uh, the closing moments of the show. All right, what are we going to reveal right now? A couple of things. Uh, Reveal the New Hampshire poll numbers. Trump will win New Hampshire. Haley will finish tantalizingly close, and everybody will go, oh, no, it's a two-person race. And you know what? At that point, it may become one. Because that may chase Ron DeSantis out. Uh, it, it, it and that's sort of been our our theme of the last couple of days. Is is it time for everybody to go ahead and get out? I mean, I I approach this in a very clinical and academic way, saying, look, let's let voters decide. Let's everybody hang in there till till Super Tuesday. Then we'll really really know. And the voices kept coming back to me. From Mike Gallagher, from you, <laughs> from a little voice in my head, I don't know, that says, Mark, it's already over. And so so what's the difference? So what do we, what do we got to lose? What's, what's the downside of just let's let this thing play out until March 5th? There may, in fact, really be a downside. And that is we may need every single one of the, what is it, 293 days now left before the election? We may not have a month and a half to sit here and and spin our wheels and waste money as donors and people throw money at Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley for no reason. And that hurts, I know. 
but it may well be true that every dime, every molecule of our energy needs to be directed toward the one human being who can get us out of this Biden nightmare. And you can like this. You can love this. You can not like it. But that's Donald Trump. So um, New Hampshire is um, is Tuesday of next week. Nevada caucuses are February 8th. South Carolina is not for, you know, another month and more. It's a Saturday, February 24th. And then, of course, Super Tuesday, that's Texas and our neighbors in Oklahoma and California and Virginia and Massachusetts and Colorado and North Carolina and Tennessee and Minnesota and Arkansas and Maine and Vermont. It was all those millions of Republicans in those states that I was thinking about when I said, man, can and, and I've started to hear from people like in those states saying, yeah, I want a say. I want a I, I, I'd like to have my sort of voice be heard at least in this big Trump or DeSantis or Haley, you know, question that's being asked of Republican America. I understand that. You know what I would say to all of those people? We need another system. We need a system where Texas and Oklahoma and California and Virginia and Massachusetts, where we get to go first sometimes. And that, once again, is, is I'm, I'll, I guess I'll keep saying this until somebody says, oh, that talk show boy has a good idea. Rotating regional primaries. Four of them. Just four of them. Middle of January, middle of February, middle of March, middle of April. Northeastern states, southeastern states. Northwestern states, southwestern states. Divvy it up however you like. And, and, and a different region starts every four years. So that you start out, maybe you start out with the Northeast. And I say, like, oh, no, no, but it's, at least it's Republicans. And I know that's a different, Southeast will be very different than Northeast. Okay, great. They'll go first sometime too. Southwest, that would likely be us. And so it just it just makes so much sense. And that way we don't have the Iowas and the New Hampshires with this outsized, crazy influence early on. But guess what? That is the way it is. And there is no state that lies ahead that one can rationally say that, that Nikki Haley is going to win. Not one. And there's not one state that DeSantis is going to win either. Hey, Mark, what about Florida? Yeah. Florida's Trump country. They're very appreciative of DeSantis. They're appreciative of Haley in South Carolina. But if you ask them, gather 100 people in either of those states, 100 Republicans, who do you want to be your nominee? That would be Trump. 866-660-5759. We're in Fort Worth. Daniel, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, good. How are you? Thanks Hi. for taking my call. My pleasure. Hey, I just wanted to ask your opinion, speaking of the same topic. Why do you think it is that so many uh, conservatives are preferring Trump over DeSantis? Is it personality, policy? I really wanted you to touch maybe on uh, Trump's comment a couple months ago about how DeSantis's six-week abortion ban was too extreme. Yeah, uh, so a couple of things, because uh, it, it is sort of the question of, the, of not just the moment, but of months. When, when DeSantis announced at the end of May, a lot of people said, well, you know, rodeo's on now. Trump is dominant, but DeSantis, with his similar appeal in a more disciplined package, surely it'll be like Trump with 40 and DeSantis with 30 and everybody else. And I told everybody that was not going to happen. It was going to take the entire calendar year of 2023, where maybe, just maybe, people would say, God bless President Trump and his agenda. We want his policies back. But with all the court battles and all the negatives and blah, 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 DeSantis is just the better, safer way to go. 
That didn't happen. It did not. In fact, the opposite happened. All the persecutions, prosecutions, all of his tormentors made people support Trump even more. So the first answer to your very good question is Trump and DeSantis can both get us out of the Biden nightmare. Trump has already done the things he promises. He's not a question mark. He's not, gee, I wonder if Trump can do it. He has done these things that he promises. DeSantis is just a very nice conservative governor of Florida who would say, gee, we hope he can. That's like the tribute band when the real band is still on the road. And the second thing, and I'll let you weigh in immediately afterward, the thing that DeSantis will never be able to bring is the ability to deliver this massive middle finger to the establishments and the and the prosecutors and the DAs and the media tormentors who have hatred. It's like, we're going to make these people cry again. That is of immeasurable value. How are we doing so far? Yeah, I mean, I definitely hear you. And I, I think Trump has proved himself more on those things. But I just I'm very pro-life and that's my number one issue. So and I guess you could say I vote on that one. On that one let, issue let's 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 spend a second. Let, let, let's honest. let's get to that. You're, you should be honest. Absolutely. And, and <laughs> Trump has had tr- everything, not everything, but Trump is very transactional. And here's here's what I mean by that. Is DeSantis more pro-life than Trump is? Yes, he is. I mean, he really is. DeSantis gave us heartbeat bills. Texas has a heartbeat bill. When Trump says, man, I don't know about these heartbeat bills, is it because he is kind of squishy pro-choicey? No, don't think so. I mean, he's the one who gave us the Supreme Court justices that knocked out Roe v. Wade. That is why Trump will always have have love in the the pro-life ranks. By transactional, I mean Trump wonders, and a lot of people do too, if maybe being heartbeat bill pro-life And a lot of the people who are heartbeat bill pro-life, like me, are thoroughly okay with a national abortion restriction of some kind. Trump wonders if that hurts us in November. And you know what? It might. And so by transactional, I mean, Trump sees things on principle, of course, and as principles, he, he thinks strong borders helps him win. He thinks low taxes help him win. He thinks gender sanity and climate sanity help him win. He thinks sensible regulations helps him win. Heartbeat bill flavored pro-lifeness, he wonders if that helps us win. And it's not a terrible question. So it's more of a political move. Uh, pragmatism, pragmatism, if you will. And a lot of people go, and, and this, and I've had this conversation with so many people and I'm so glad to have it with you. What, what is my, the principle will never leave me. I want to win with exactly the kind of pro-lifeness that I have that, that I'm, I'm never going to become a smidge pro-choice to win an election. Never, 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 never. Um, it, so that means we got to be really good on everything else and make as good a point as we can and maybe our flavor of pro-lifeness is, I am a heartbeat bill pro-life conservative, but maybe it's like, okay, we sit tight a little bit on establishing that for the entire country. Since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, what did that do? It gave it back to the states. It was what we said we wanted for 50 years. Boom, it's back in the states. Is nothing ever enough for you people? It's what some people are asking us. And for me, I want to protect as many babies as I can. But if for right now... It is to tell the Republican electorate this November that we've achieved what we've achieved. Countless lives are being saved in Texas and Florida and other states. And we're going to let states run things the way they run things. But all other things being equal, as president, I'm going to be a bully pulpit bullhorn guy for pro-lifeness rather than necessarily coming out there and saying, hey, let's have a national heartbeat bill eh, maybe next year. Because that could, that's pragmatically 
might be problematic. Well, you make good points, sir. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Superb questions. And and and, and whenever I lay out these answers, uh, they're, 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 they're mine, and they are views that you may have and you may differ with, and that's why we have phone lines, 866-660-5759. We're in Pottsboro. Bill, hey, happy Wednesday. How are you, sir? Thanks, Mark. Uh, I love your idea of the rotating primary, too. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea, thank but you, you got to stop making sense. They're never going to listen to that. <laughs> exactly right. It's one of my main, main flaws. Another thing that makes a lot of sense is I think that since since the, the world is the way it is and we've got all these media outlets, I think there needs to be mandatory debates. I don't think the I don't think the candidates get to decide on it at all. Whoa. I'm talking about the presidential stuff. What is so, how, what would a, what would a mandatory debate look like? It would look like if you give we have the we have ABC, NBC, CBS, which is who we gave the news, which is who we gave the the airwaves to yeah. X number of years ago. Yeah. Those got mandatory every two weeks. They're going to have one. I don't care who their moderator is. I don't oh. care what they do. Oh. And then do the same thing for CNN, NBC, or oh. CNN. Okay, those oh. guys. Oh, Bill, I don't know if I have enough time to tell you what's wrong with this, <laughs> but, but let's lovingly plow through it in about a minute and a half. Uh, first of all, having all those uh, tired old uh, dinosaur networks, hell no. Uh, if there's anything about debates, they need to never again be on liberal networks with liberal tormentors asking the questions. But let's go. But the notion of it being mandatory, that's not America. What we have now is we have we have criteria where you got to reach a certain amount of money and fundraising and, and, and poll results to be on stage. That's fine. Uh, but but if you don't want to show up, let the marketplace. I mean, there there's some people who might be. I think Nikki Haley is hurt a little bit, at least right now, for refusing to yeah. debate on Thursday night. Has Trump been hurt or helped? Hadn't hurt him a bit. Might have helped him. I don't. Man, mandatory debates doesn't sound like America. I'm I'm only talking about for the presidential for the no. for the main election. No. Oh, oh gotcha. Democrat, Once we have Trump and Biden. Yeah. Once we have Trump, Trump and Biden, or Trump and whoever. Ah, still, still doesn't sound like America. Because, is are you driven a little bit by the mandatory debate would make Biden show up and thus reveal his um, weaknesses? Do you think that he would have been elected if he'd had to be on stage with Trump? I, I, <laughs> you are correct, sir. So I, I okay, noble motivation, noble motivation. Uh, the, the only yeah, mandatory debates doesn't sound like America. But here's the thing: there's here's the good news. When it is Trump and Biden, and it looks like it's going to be, and there's no debate because Biden won't show up, message delivered. The effect that you seek has, has, has in a way, happened. He, is, his, 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 he will be so conspicuous by his absence. His failure to debate will be a glaring factor. Awesome call, Bill. Thank you very, very much. Okay, who's, who's the last birthday boy? Here it comes, 950. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kid Rock is 53. And just earlier, uh, earlier this week, we played uh, Cowboy, or last week, right? Cowboy, baby. Fat lot of good that did. Oh, speaking of which, did you hear a 49ers coach, Kyle Shanahan? Somebody asked him, I think, yesterday, when did you start prepping for the Green Bay Packers? He said about uh, midway through the second quarter of that game against the Cowboys. Ouch! Kiss from Kid Rock 2015. We will let him take us out on his 53rd birthday. 
For producer Ron Decay, Marlon on the Twitter, on the X at producer Ron Decay. Thank you, Mr. Matt, for the technical guru skills. Thank you, Nikki Whaley, for news excellence. God bless our country, our troops, our families. Little bit warmer today. Oh, thank you, thank you, God. Quite literally, thank you, God, for this day the Lord has made. Get out and enjoy it. We'll see what's going on in the news today. Get back with you tomorrow and talk about it all. 7 to 10 right here. Mark Davis, follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis. 6.60 a.m. The Answer. Mike Gallagher is next. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.